We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Thanks so much for being here today. As you can tell, there is a massive smile on my face because it is officially NFL Draft Day. Three days of draft coverage. I could not be more excited. I could not be more pumped. One of the absolute best times of the year and a time for all of us draft nerds just to geek out over all of the different prospects and see where they go, but also as Packer fans to get to see how Green Bay and Brian Gutekinds builds this team up. Before I get into today's preview show, which I'm going to be doing my official prediction, running down what players I think are in play for the Packers at pick 13. I'm going to go through a final round one mock draft. I'm going to be doing a variety of things today. But before I get there, I just want to let you know, I do have big plans for this weekend. On Thursday, 4 p.m. Central Time, 4 p.m. Lambeau Time, I'm going to be doing a live Q&A, hopefully going for about an hour, 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. on Thursday. Then during the draft, immediately after each Packers pick, whether it's in the first round or second round, third round, etc., days one and two, I'm going to immediately record an emergency podcast that will be up on the audio platforms as well as on YouTube as soon as the pick is made, probably about a 10 to 12 minute reaction video. And those will be up immediately on YouTube as soon as those picks are made. And I have the opportunity obviously to record the video. So probably about 15 to 30 minutes after the actual pick is made, I'll be breaking everything down. And again, those will be up on YouTube and on the audio channel. Then on Friday, again, 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. Central Time, I'm going to be doing another live chat. And once again, on day two, I'll be doing the, the immediate you know, YouTube shows immediately following the pick. And then on Saturday, I'm not going to be doing a pre-show and I'm not going to be doing a pick-by-pick breakdown, but I will do a Q&A as soon as the draft is over, probably the top of the hour following the draft. I'll announce it on Twitter as well, but keep an eye out for that. But three big Q&As, 4 p.m. Thursday, 4 p.m. Friday, and immediately following the draft on Saturday. So definitely keep an eye out for those. Hope I see a lot of you guys there. You guys have been amazing lately, the likes, the comments, etc. So I appreciate that. And like I said, it should be a very fun weekend indeed. All right. So I want to, before I get to the draft really quick, just address the uh, Aaron Rodgers press conference. I, I thought... I thought it was kind of great. I, I really enjoyed Aaron, you know, speaking and, and you know, just kind of keeping everything professional. There was, of course, 
your your mileage may vary on what you thought about the cell phone reception FaceTime. I know some people took it very seriously. I know some people took it in jest. I think he was I think the part he was serious about of like him saying I have the records of who called and who didn't. I think he was like that might have been his message. I think the you know you can only get through to me in FaceTime might have been a little bit of, you know, wink wink nod nod and his way of sort of just let's gloss over this entire situation and kind of have him goof around about it. I don't want to spend a ton of time because ultimately I don't think it matters. And I think Brian Gudikin said it best. Like, let's just get past that. It doesn't do anyone any good. It was time for the Packers to move on. It was time for Aaron Rodgers to move on. They both moved on. Green Bay got a great trade package in return. Aaron looked extremely happy at his press conference, a little nervous at times, I think. But wouldn't you be after spending 18 years at one job and then transitioning to another where you're expected to be the guy that leads the team? to the Super Bowl. That's a lot of pressure. And just being somewhere new, I'm sure there's going to be some nerves involved with that. So uh, overall, uh, it didn't seem that weird. Uh, as Aaron Nagler and I talked about yesterday, this has been a, a trickle effect of you know of how this has happened. And it, it like I said, it didn't feel that weird overall. I don't know if it was because we saw Brett in a Jets uniform that it didn't seem that weird to see Aaron holding up the Jets uniform. There was certainly a level of it being surreal and seeing the Packers actually announce the trade and those sort of things. But Overall, I thought it went as well as could be expected. And I've said through this entire time, and I just said it a second ago, but I'm going to say it again. It just felt like everything was the right time. And I love to see for the most part that Aaron's been professional about it, that Goody's been professional about it, that it has been as amicable as you could possibly imagine at this point in time. And maybe down the road, some words will get said, but I hope that this can just get um, you know, reconciled down the road. Aaron's going to retire a Green Bay Packer. His number will be, you know, enshrined or is, um, you know, he'll be enshrined in the Hall of Fame as a Green Bay Packer. His number will be retired in Lambeau. Like it's all going to work out in the end. And this is just a little blip in the road and he's going to go be a New York Jet. And I think whether you are cheering for the Jets to lose so Green Bay gets a better draft pick or whether you're cheering for Aaron to do well on the side and now have an AFC team to cheer for, to me, as a Packer fan and just as a fan of football, it's exciting. I think there's a little bit something else to, to sort of root for and cheer for, whatever side that you're on, and just kind of watch how this thing unfolds this season. So overall, I thought it went really well. And like I said, it, it didn't feel that jarring. It didn't feel that weird, odd, whatever. Just felt like it's part of the business. And I thought both Goody and his press conference and Aaron and his did a really nice job. And like I said, I'm excited about what's going to come this upcoming season, and there should be a ton to watch both ways for the Packers and for the New York Jets. All right, so let's transition to the NFL draft. It is here. It is official. And I want to go over my official prediction for what Green Bay is going to do at pick 13. And I take this very seriously every year, and I sort of narrow it down, and I want to take you through my process on this. So let's go position by position of what could be in play for pick 13. And I mentioned this yesterday, but I'll say it again right now. They're surprised, they're shocked, and then they're stunned. I would be stunned if the Packers selected a quarterback, either by moving up, moving down, or staying at 13. If you told me on day one of the NFL draft that the Green Bay Packers selected a quarterback, I would be stunned. I guess the only one that I would like maybe be like, okay, I guess maybe would be if they took someone at 13 and like one of the quarterbacks unceremoniously slid 
to the bottom of the first round and Green Bay said, hey, we'll trade up one of our second round picks with our third round pick or something like that to the bottom of the first round and pick Will Levis or you know Richardson or Stroud or whoever it is that ultimately falls. I guess maybe that could potentially be in play where they still get whatever they needed at pick 13 or whatever they wanted at pick 13 and then slid back up to take a quarterback who slid very Aaron Rodgers-esque. Even that, I would be extremely surprised at. Probably more just that a quarterback fell that far, but even Green Bay moving up to go get them. It it just doesn't seem like this is going to be the time or the place. And I would I would be stunned if Green Bay selected a quarterback. So if, if Levis or Stroud or somebody fell to 13 and nothing else fell their way, even in that scenario, I think they trade down and trade out of that spot for somebody who would want a quarterback rather than sitting and, and selecting a quarterback at that point. So I would be stunned if Green Bay selected a quarterback. Running back Bajan Robinson is semi-interesting. I would say like 95% sure that he is not going to be the pick. And I, I for the most part, I'm, I'm fairly certain that this is not going to be the pick, but you do have this very generational running back, potentially. Everyone thinks he's one of the top running backs in a extremely long time, probably since Saquon, um, and, and could be up there even past him in, in potential. I love him. He's a phenomenal running back. I do not believe in taking running backs in the first round, specifically at pick 13. We know Green Bay is a premium position team, especially at that point in the draft. So this would be shocking if they took Bajan Robinson. The one thing is, and you never know what a team is thinking, but maybe, maybe Green Bay's thinking, you know what? Aaron Jones is probably on the last year of, of his time in Green Bay. AJ Dillon's a free agent and hasn't really panned out the way that we were maybe hoping for or expecting. And for the first time in 30 years, this is going to have to be a team that probably wins in a different way probably more ball control, running the football, and playing more solid defense than they have and playing good special teams and those sort of things. It can't just be the quarterback is going to save us and get us to the, the playoffs and have a chance for a Super Bowl every year. Maybe it is. We don't know what Jordan's going to be, but they're probably thinking, hey, we, we might need to attack this a different way. If they felt that way and they felt like Jones and, and Dylan were in their last years in Green Bay and Bajan Robinson fell to 13, which isn't even a certainty, he could easily be gone there may be a small consideration, especially if the ball, the, the board, excuse me, just did not fall Green Bay's way in any capacity. I would be shocked. I don't think it's going to happen, but I couldn't, I can't rule it out entirely, but I do not think Bajan Robinson will be the pick, but like I said, maybe 3% ish chance at absolute best, but just wouldn't entirely rule it out. Wide receiver, Jackson Smith and Jigba, in my opinion, would be the only wide receiver that would be on the board or on Green Bay's board that they would select at pick 13. I think any other wide receiver would be a trade down or probably more towards the second and third round. But if Jackson Smith and Jigba there is there, I think he's ultimately very much in play. And I think Green Bay will absolutely consider him. Tight end, I can't rule out either Michael Mayer or Dalton Kincaid entirely, but I do believe that they don't take either one at pick 13. I think if they want either one, I think they will move down, even if it's just a handful of picks, pick 17, pick 18. I think they can probably feel pretty secure and even going to like pick 20, that one of them would be there. And even if they would move to 20 and one of them's not there, I, I just think it changes their 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 plans a little bit. Maybe they go a different position and then move up maybe in round two to get a Luke Musgrave or a Darnell Washington or one of those sort of guys just to make sure that they get one of their tight ends. But I just expect them, rather than going with tight end in round one, I still expect them to go premium position. So at pick 13, 
I do not think Michael Mayer or Dalton Kincaid are going to be in play. Not ruling it out entirely. It's a better chance than Bajan Robinson. I will absolutely agree with you there. It's a better chance than either of the quarterbacks, but I don't think they'll take either at 13. I think they would trade down if they were to go in that direction. Offensive line, I think Paris Johnson is absolutely in play if he's there. I don't think he's going to be there. I think Peter Skaronsky is going to be in play. I think Broderick Jones is very much going to be in play. And then Darnell Wright's the interesting one. I have this feeling, and uh, Daniel Jeremiah in his mock draft, and he's usually pretty well connected, had him falling to the end of round one in his most recent mock. I think if there's a player that falls sort of unceremoniously in this draft, I do think it's going to be Darnell Wright. I don't think he's going to be in play for the Packers at pick 13. Wouldn't totally shock me. He's a phenomenal football player. I love watching him play. I think he'd be a great pick, whoever ends up getting him. But just sort of some of the tea leaves that I'm reading and watching through the draft and some of the mocks of people who are really in the know, I kind of have a feel like Darnell Wright's going to fall a little bit. So I'm going to say Paris Johnson, Peter Skaronsky, and Broderick Jones are the three that are really in play and interesting for Green Bay. Jalen Carter, tough to tell. Some people, it seems, or some teams just have him off their board entirely, or at least, you know, farther down than where he's ever going to fall. I think Seattle ultimately probably takes him at their pick early in the draft, and I don't think he gets to Green Bay anyway. There's an outside chance if he does start to fall that maybe, again, Green Bay has a great you know, feel for him based on Eric Stokes and Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt already being on the team. And maybe all three of them gave a complete endorsement of the player and think that he would fit in amazing. So maybe there's a slight chance. I just, A, don't think he gets there. And if he does fall to Green Bay, I don't think Green Bay is the team that probably stops his slide. I think he probably ends up going to another team, although four Georgia defenders in the first round in three seasons would certainly be something, but I'm going to say that that's not possible. At edge rusher, Will Anderson and Tyree Wilson, I fully expect to be gone. Uh, Murphy is interesting. I don't, he fits and he doesn't fit. When I watch him, he's a really good football player. Don't get me wrong. When I watch him, I feel like he's more fit for a wide nine, four, three sort of base defense. Now we are to the point where four, three, three, four does not matter. Just go get your edge rusher and let him rush the passer. But it does feel to me like this is somebody hand in the ground in a wide nine that that would be a perfect fit for him. I'm not quite as sure that as a 3-4 edge rusher, he has that same type of, like, he would be good at it. No question about it. I just feel like he fits better in that other scheme, so I'm not sure Green Bay would take him in theirs. I also would say he doesn't have the great agility, which is something that not necessarily at edge rusher, but Green Bay overall in their draft philosophy really cares about the agility testing, and that was not Murphy. And then we haven't necessarily seen a great progression for Murphy, basically what he was as a freshman, he kind of was as a junior. And he doesn't have much of a pass rush plan, not that they can't really improve that. I just feel like he is more of like a pick 18 to 20-ish pick. And I feel like 13 is just a little bit rich. And by the way, we don't scout the jersey, we don't scout the school, we scout the player, but Clemson edge rushers have been an absolute nightmare. So it's a little bit iffy for me. I don't think he's ultimately going to be in play, but I wouldn't rule him out entirely. Nolan Smith, I just don't think is going to hit their height, weight, or their height and weight threshold. Certainly, the speed he will. Uh, for what four three forty for an edge rusher is just insane. But I don't think he's going to be their typical cup of tea. They like those big, bulky guys that can set the edge in NFC North. Tough football, winter weather. I just don't think that's ultimately going to be Nolan Smith. So would not expect him to be on the board. Lucas Van Ness, as we've talked about, hits everything that they look for, and would absolutely expect him to be very much in play as well. At corner, Devon Witherspoon, I absolutely expect to be gone. Joey Porter Jr., I don't think is going to be their cup of tea. Same thing with Witherspoon, honestly. And then Christian Gonzalez, 
I think there's an outside chance that he could fall. I don't expect it, but I think he could potentially fall to 13. And that would be a really interesting one because I think he fits everything that Green Bay wants. He's a premium position player. He's one of my favorite players in the draft. Not that that matters for Green Bay, but would they take another corner? They've spent a billion picks on defensive backs in their time, specifically corner, Jai Alexander, Josh Jackson, as of you know, recently, Eric Stokes. They already have Razul Douglas. Like, are they gonna spend another top 15 pick on a corner and another first round pick on a corner? Like that Kevin King, even before that, Demarius Randall, Quentin Rollins, like we can go on and on. They've spent a lot of premium picks on defensive backs. I I think if they he fell to them they would have to consider it and he would very much be in play. I think it's more likely that he doesn't fall to 13, but that's certainly an interesting one. And then safety, Brian Branch, I don't think is going to be in play there. I think he would be somebody that if they traded back, maybe they would consider him. But once again, he's played more of a slot position. He is undersized. He didn't test great. That's usually not Goot's you know, what he's looking for at that, at any position, but certainly at safety as well. So I don't think he's going to be in play at 13. If we were to narrow that down, if I were to, if I were to say, I feel extremely great about what Green Bay is going to do, I would say, here are my list of players, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Peter Skaronsky, Broderick Jones, Lucas Van Ness, Marcus Murphy, Christian Gonzalez, or a trade down. Those would be my seven options that I think are going to be there for Green Bay. JSN, Skaronsky, Jones, Van Ness, Murphy, Gonzalez, and a trade down. Those are those are if I if I could feel extremely confident if I had to you know bet a, a ton of money or a bunch of skittles or anything else on this and I could say like put put everything on just those seven and you can have the field I would feel extremely confident in those seven now if I had to narrow it down to just three players assuming they don't trade down or trade up assuming they pick at thirteen if I had to narrow it down to just three players I would I would narrow it to Jackson Smith and Jigba Lucas Van Ness and Broderick Jones. I think those are the three that make the most sense to me. If you look, if, if they want a playmaker, I think they're going to be able to get their tight end in round two if they want to go that route. I don't think a tight end makes sense at 13. I don't think they moved up to get a tight end. They prefer premium position players. I know they haven't taken wide receivers, but I think if you're going to go playmaker, I think Jackson Smith and Jigba is by far and away the one that makes the most sense. You need another playmaker on that offense. You need a wide receiver. He'd fit perfectly in Matt LaFleur's system. He'd be awesome for for Jordan Love. I just think that pick makes sense. If they're going to take a playmaker at 13, I would be surprised if it wasn't Jackson Smith and Jigba. On the offensive line, I really wanted to add Peter Skaronsky and, and put four people on this list. If I had to guess, I think Skaronsky's probably gone. There's a really good chance Broderick Jones is gone as well. But if Broderick Jones does get there, he also hits everything. Insane athletic testing, super young, Georgia offensive lineman, premium position, has offensive line versatility. He hits everything. And unlike Paris Johnson, who is probably just a left tackle, unlike Darnell Wright, who is probably just a right tackle with maybe some left tackle versatility, I do think Broderick Jones gives you left tackle, right tackle, left guard, maybe even right guard versatility, which allows you to you know play him where you want to play him this year, and then probably takes over long-term as the future left tackle for David Bakhtiari as well. So he makes a lot of sense. And then Lucas Van Ness, we've talked about it before. I talked about it with Nagler yesterday, but premium position, super young, Iowa hasn't started in his career, former hockey player, edge rusher, hits all the athletic thresholds, extreme athlete at the position. I, I, there's Everything is, is staring us right in the face. And I do think of all of those players, 
If you told me only one of them was available at pick 13 between Broderick Jones, Lucas Van Ness, and Jackson Smith and Jigba, I would probably tell you the most likely to be there would be Lucas Van Ness. So that is my official prediction for this draft. Assuming they stay at pick 13, if they trade up or trade back, all bets are off. But if my official prediction, if they stay at 13, is that they ultimately take Lucas Van Ness out of the University of Iowa and that he will be your newest member of the Green Bay Packers. But that being said, crazy things happen. Who knows? Brian Gudikins is always good for a surprise here or there. Maybe they move up. Maybe they move down. By the way, I put out a really quick episode yesterday on some trade options, either moving up in the draft, moving down in the draft, and use some historical trades in the draft to sort of build a case at what could be available for Goody as well. Quick 10-15 minute listen at most. Go check that out and you can see how Brian might be able to maneuver even at pick 13. But again, if they stay, I'm predicting Lucas Van Ness at pick 13. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, some quick things. I haven't had a chance to go over some of my guys in this draft. I've gone over the top 25 guys that I think Green Bay will ultimately target in this draft and could potentially select. I've gone over a variety of different things. We've done a ton of position breakdowns. I've done a a ton of prospect breakdowns. Here are some of my guys. And just total transparency, I focus usually in the draft on the top 100 guys. I don't get too deep in the weeds on day three. The reason being is I cover the Packers 365 days a year. That's my ultimate moniker. I would love to cover the draft 365 days a year too. Unfortunately, it's just not feasible. So as soon as Packer season ends and we get all the recap done, there's only a finite amount of time that I can put on the all 22 video outside of doing all the Packers stuff I do already. And I don't want to you know, go halfway. So the 100 people, the top 100 that I have looked at, I've spent a lot of time on and reviewed them in great detail. The players past that, unfortunately, I just can't get to. So these are some of my guys in the top 100. I didn't go over some of the really top guys either because of course, there's so many of the top guys in this. Like um, Christian Gonzalez is amazing. Um, Tyree Wilson's amazing. Everyone knows that. That's not, that's cheating, right? But here are some of the guys that I absolutely love, whether it be on day two, late day one, day three, potentially of this draft. Jalen Hyatt and and Tedrick Tillman, the two wide receivers from Tennessee. I know Tennessee wide receivers always haven't panned out, but I think Jalen Hyatt's an explosive playmaker. He has one superpower, but that superpower pays off huge dividends. His ability to get down the field also opens him up intermediately. I see a lot of Deshaun Jackson in his game. Cedric Tillman, yes, 
Not probably. And by the way, these are not players I expect necessarily Green Bay to target. As I mentioned, we've done that episode already. These are just guys I really enjoy watching in this draft. But Cedric Tillman, yes, he's a little bit stiff, but great size, outside wide receiver. Not a ton of those in this draft. I love his, I actually think his movement ability on tape is far better than what he tested. Good speed. Like you run four five, low four fives at that height. And that's moving. That is moving for those type of players. Really like Cedric Tillman. Darnell Wright, let's just pick all of the Tennessee players. I mentioned this already, but love Darnell Wright. I think he's going to fall. I don't care. I think the character concerns are dumb and stupid. I think he's going to be absolutely fine. I think he's a passionate player. I think he's going to use that to his advantage. I think he's going to become one of the best right tackles in all of the NFL. Speaking of which, another one of those, Dewan Jones, the offensive tackle out of Ohio State. No, not going to test extremely well in an RAS score. I don't care. You want to talk about a dancing bear. This guy is massive. He moves well for his size and he is so fun to watch. And if he gets on you, it's over. He is going to win that battle. Love Dewan Jones out of Ohio State. Luke Musgrave, the tight end. I get he's not the traditional wide tight end and he's not a great blocker right now. I want you to think of something really quick. And this is a spoiler for when we get to the mock draft. Imagine right now I told you that the Kansas City Chiefs drafted Luke Musgrave. What would you be thinking? You'd be thinking, you've got to be kidding me. You've got another crazy weapon that can attack the seam with speed. Andy Reid's going to use him as another chess piece in his offense. And like, you've got to be kidding me. They got another, like you've got Kelsey running the routes on one side and Musgrave on the other. Like I you just give up at that point, right? But that's the type of player that he is. He is a really fun matchup piece that if he gets in the right offense with the right quarterback and the right head coach, he is going to do work. And you do not want to see him across from you if you're an opposing defense. I love Luke Musgrave. I don't care that he's not the best blocker yet. I think he can get there as at least a get in the way guy. Like I think he can evolve at least into what Robert Tunyon was giving as a blocker, but far better as a a receiving tight end. I think his floor is probably in that... um, that Dallas Goddard type range. I think he's going to be a really good tight end in this league. Jameer Gibbs, I've talked about. He's an explosive playmaker, electric. His ceiling to me is prime Jamal Charles. His floor, his floor to me is Elvin Kamara. So love Jamar Gibbs. Adetamiwa Adeboware, if you didn't think I was going to say his name one more time, you were sadly mistaken. Absolutely love him out of Northwestern. See a little bit of Rashawn Gary and the explosiveness out of his tape. Can play on the edge, can play inside, can give you a ton of versatility. I thought he was targeted by opposing teams when he was a, a rusher at Northwestern. I think him getting in the NFL, having, you know, using him in a, a variety of different ways, picking up his, you know, mismatch and where he can beat opposing offensive linemen. I think he's going to be a very fun piece in the NFL. Would love if Green Bay found a way to get him. Kalijah Kansi, don't care what his weight is. Don't care that he's a little undersized. He knows how to play against the run. Double teams can give him a little bit of trouble, but his lateral movement, he's got a real superpower with that. He can explode upfield. He can get into the backfield. He can penetrate. He can break up runs. He can break up pass plays. And that is exactly what you want as a penetrating defensive lineman in any draft, and especially this one that I don't think is the strongest. I talked about Jack Campbell. Absolutely love him at inside linebacker. I see some real Luke Keekley to his game. He's not going to achieve that level of play, but I think he's tall, fast, physical. He can get back in coverage. I think he's absolutely everything that you want. He's going to be the leader of your defense. He's smart, extreme football intelligence. He's going to be a great inside linebacker, in my opinion. And then Antonio Johnson, the safety, that's another one. Didn't test great. I don't care. He's got good size, good movement skills. He plays the ball well. I think he's going to be a very fun safety. Maybe a little Marcus Williams-esque in the NFL, but I think he's going to be really good also. So Jalen Hyatt, Cedric Tillman, Darnell Wright, Dewan Jones, Luke Musgrave, Jamar Gibbs, Adetamiwa, Adebawa, 
Kalaja Kansi, Jack Campbell, and Antonio Johnson, some of my guys in this draft. We'll see if Green Bay actually selects any of them. Usually doesn't happen, so sorry about that in advance if you wanted any of those players. All right, what to watch for. Here are some of the things that I'm going to be keeping an eye on on this draft. How the four quarterbacks come off the board, I think we're, we pretty much know at this point Bryce Young is going number one overall, but how do those next quarterbacks come off and what teams do they go to? Does Hendon Hooker sneak his way into the first round? Do the Vikings reach for a quarterback like Hendon Hooker? That would be just amazing. So we'll see what happens with the quarterbacks. I'm certainly going to be watching that. I'm also really interested to see how the tight ends come off. I think you probably have Mayer and Kincaid as one and two. I think you probably then have some form of Musgrave and Darnell Washington. I then think you get into the next Laporta uh, type phase, maybe a... um, you know, maybe a Tucker Craft, those type of players. But I'm really interested to see at what pace they come off. Do teams value those guys in the first round? Do they go to the end of the first round? Do teams get aggressive? Does Green Bay take one at 13? Those are all things I'm going to be watching as well. And certainly you're hoping one of those guys slips to one of Green Bay's second round picks. That would be amazing. Where do the two running backs go? I think Bajan Robinson and Jamar Gibbs are both phenomenal running backs. Again, how do teams value them? Are they going to value running backs in this draft? Do they both go first round? They're both electric. They're both explosive. They're both really, really fun. But how do teams value running backs in 2023 in this day and age in the first round of the draft? What order do the top three corners go in? I think it's probably Witherspoon, Gonzalez, and then Joey Porter Jr., but I'm going to be really interested in that. And then does does one of the other quarterback corners even jump uh, Joey Porter Jr.? I don't think that's impossible either. So that's what I'm going to be watching. Uh, which players get taken ahead of pick 13? We're going to be counting down one by one. Can you get four quarterbacks and a running back to go before Green Bay? That'd be fun. You can get four quarterbacks and a running back. Now you're, you know, only what, seven positional players outside of that are going to get taken before Green Bay. You're going to get the eighth best position player on your board. That'd be pretty great. Does all of a sudden, like, could, could Hendon Hooker, if all of a sudden the four quarterbacks go quick, could Hendon Hooker go before at 13? I don't think so, but like, that'd be great. So we'll see. I'm very excited to see who ends up going before Green Bay. Uh, I think I'm excited to see who goes before Green Bay. Hopefully not all the players we want get taken, but I think no matter what, somebody really good is going to be there at pick 13. Uh, does Green Bay trade back into the first round? Do they use those second round picks to maneuver up and get a second first round pick? You know, what order do the wide receivers go in after Jackson Smith and Jigba? Is it a Jalen Hyatt? Is it, I think it's going to be a Zay Flowers, honestly, but uh, Jalen Hyatt, Zay Flowers, a Quentin Johnston. I'm excited to see how those players go off the board. I think they could go later in the first round. I think there's probably going to be a run at that point, but really intrigued by that. Who ultimately is the player who slides in this draft? There's always one. Is it Darnell Wright that gets to the bottom of the first? Is it another player that doesn't even get drafted in the first round? Keon White was invited to the draft. I could see him potentially waiting until round two. That'll be worth keeping an eye on. And then there's always a surprise day one selection. You know, you had uh, Strange, Cole Strange for the Patriots a season ago that just came out of nowhere. Like, I think there's always somebody like that. And I'm sure there's going to be somebody again. So who's the player that gets taken out of nowhere? Those are all the things that I am going to be watching for in this draft. And last but not least, my final predictions for this draft. Just going to run through this lightning round, but I'll give you, I, I did this uh, one take, just went through the, the mock draft and did all 32 picks. Only made a couple trades just to not go too crazy with it. But number one pick overall, Carolina Panthers, Bryce Young. Number two, Houston Texans, Will Anderson Jr. Number three, the Tennessee Titans move up with the Arizona Cardinals. The Titans jump the Colts to get the quarterback that they want to make sure the Colts don't take them in the same division. The Titans take CJ Stroud, the quarterback out of Ohio State. The Colts stay where they're at at pick four. They take Will Levis, the quarterback out of Kentucky. 
The Seahawks take Jalen Carter, defensive lineman out of Georgia. The Cardinals then, after moving back to pick 11, move back up to pick six in the draft. They trade with the Lions. The Lions move back to pick 11. The Cardinals take, uh, excuse me, take Paris Johnson Jr., uh, who is there. He's, he's been linked there lately. I know Kyler Murray apparently wants uh, Paris Johnson Jr., so they move back up. So they move down from three to 11, move up from 11 to six, and get Paris Johnson Jr. there. Number seven, the Raiders of Las Vegas get Broderick Jones, the offensive lineman out of Georgia. At eight, the Atlanta Falcons go uh, Tyree Wilson, the edge rusher out of Texas Tech. At nine, the Bears go Peter Skaronsky, the offensive lineman out of Northwestern. At 10, the Eagles go Christian Gonzalez. I don't necessarily think that they need to target corner here, but remember Darius Slay probably playing in the last year of his deal. They don't have a ton of depth there and the Philadelphia Eagles are constant. Just figure out a way to get the best player on the board. To me, Christian Gonzalez, best player on the board and they take him at pick 10. Unfortunately, the Lions, after moving back to pick 11, and maybe you feel fortunately or unfortunately in this situation, but they take quarterback Anthony Richardson and take that home run swing at quarterback. And right now we can back up Jared Goff, develop for a couple years, and could potentially become a huge playmaker in Detroit. At 12, to break Packer fans' hearts, the Houston Texans select Jackson Smith and Jigba, wide receiver out of Ohio State. Wouldn't that just be fitting that he gets taken one pick before Green Bay? We've been there before. Uh, Number 13, the Green Bay Packers, as I mentioned earlier, select Lucas Van Ness, the edge rusher out of Iowa. 14, the, uh, the New England Patriots, excuse me, take Darnell Wright, the offensive tackle out of Tennessee. 15, the New York Jets take Devon Witherspoon, the corner out of Illinois. 16, the Commanders take Joey Porter, the corner out of Penn State. 17, Steelers take Nolan Smith, the edge out of Georgia. At 18, the Lions come back after getting Anthony Richardson and get Michael Mayer, the tight end out of Notre Dame. At number 19, the um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers take Miles Murphy, edge out of Clemson. Did I call him Marcus Murphy earlier? My apologies. Miles Murphy, the edge out of Clemson. Number 20, the Seattle Seahawks take Bajan Robinson, the running back out of Texas. Number 21, the Chargers get a playmaker for Justin Herbert and take Zay Flowers, wide receiver out of Boston College. Number 22, the Ravens take Jalen Hyatt, the wide receiver out of Tennessee. 23, the Vikings take Quentin Johnston, the wide receiver out of TCU. The Jaguars then take Brian Branch, the safety out of Alabama. The Giants take wide receiver Jordan Addison out of USC. The Cowboys and Mike McCarthy get a tight end, Dalton Kincaid, out of Utah. At 27, the Bills take Jameer Gibbs, the running back out of Alabama. At 28, the Bengals get Deontay Banks, a rising corner out of the University of Maryland. At 29, the New Orleans Saints take Kalijah Kansi, the defensive lineman out of Pitt. At 30, the Eagles take Darnell Washington, the tight end out of Georgia. And at 31, as I previewed earlier and spoiled earlier, the Kansas City Chiefs take Luke Musgrave, the tight end out of Oregon State. That is my final prediction. As I mentioned earlier, Lucas Van Ness pick or pick 13 for the Green Bay Packers should be an amazingly fun day. Can't wait to see who Green Bay comes up with. As I mentioned, I am going to be doing a live show from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. pre-draft on both Thursday and Friday, as well as a draft show immediately following the draft on Saturday. In addition, I will be doing videos immediately after the Packers selections in rounds one, two, and three. So make sure to check those out as well. And as always, I will do this every single day. So you'll still get your normal morning episodes at 5 a.m. Central Time as well. 
well. So it's going to be a very busy weekend. I can't wait. So excited to touch base on all of these prospects with you. I'll be right back here tomorrow to break down those prospects as well as, uh, you know, go over everything that happened in the draft. So don't make or make sure you don't miss that, I should say. And uh, of course, make sure to subscribe and hit that notification button if you have not already. Appreciate you guys. I'll see you tomorrow. But until next time, and as always, go Pack Go and enjoy the draft.